This episode of Breaking Brave is brought to you by Soul Snacks. Soul Snacks are single ingredient, eco-conscious dog and cat treats sourced directly from farms in Ontario and wrapped in fully compostable packaging. Treating your pets never felt so good. Use coupon code BREAKINGBRAVE for 15% off on soulsnacks.ca. That's soulsnacks.ca. This episode is also brought to you by Crank Coffee, the newest member of the Neal Brothers family. Crank Coffee is a new Canadian whole bean coffee brand that is certified organic and fair trade, founded by the Neal Brothers, Peter and Chris. This brand was influenced by cycling, coffee lovers, and experts. Check it out at the Neal Brothers online shop and use our coupon code BRAVE for 20% off your first Crank Coffee purchase. Enjoy. Welcome to Breaking Brave. I'm Marilyn Barefoot. My guest today is Sonia Singh. Sonia wrote her debut novel, Sorry Not Sorry, to laugh her way through some of her more disastrous breakups. This beautiful book is all about being a first-generation Indian, and more importantly, standing up for being Indian. Sonia and I chat about her struggles with embracing her true heritage and identity, the need for more South Asian role models, and why she was advised in a previous career to change her name. Please welcome the one and only Sonia Singh. So welcome to Breaking Brave, Sonia Singh. Sonia has just released her debut novel called Sorry Not Sorry. Mm-hmm. And just before recording, just before hitting record, I said I was trying to compose myself because I had tears running down my face because <laughs> I have just a few pages left before I get to the very, very, very end. And it's riveting. Welcome to Breaking Brave, Sonia. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. What's it been like for you? Has it been like over the last few weeks? Remind me, please, when the book came out in April, it's April Mm -hmm. still. Has it just been like a wild, crazy time with so much attention, so many interviews? Let's talk about that first. Yeah, it's been so chaotic in a great way. And it's to the point where you don't sleep because you're just thinking about your book and everything that's going on with it. So of course, there's been a lot of attention in regards to the media. I think we hit every single Canadian media outlet, whether it was television or uh, radio and even the newspapers. And today, I was actually, um, I guess it's called trending on Twitter. So (laughs) my article came out and it's been trending in Canada for the last 24 hours. So it's, it's an emotional roller coaster because from what I've heard, you know, the first few weeks are just like, everyone's paying attention to you. And then afterwards you're like, wait a second, I'm over here. What (laughs) happened? (laughs) So I'm still waiting for that moment. And I think that for me, it's been so amazing to just get the personal messages from people who have connected so well with Sorry Not Sorry and the fact that they're seeing a South Asian author who is doing so well and has been on the bestseller list in Canada for two weeks and 
Last week, I was on the list with, I think they categorized in romance. So I came in at number seven and I looked at that list just yesterday. And everybody on that list was, first of all, Caucasian and all American. So I was up against the Colleen Hoovers, Ali Hazelwood, Emily Henry, and then there was Sonia Singh. So it, it was just one of those moments, you know? <laughs> That's a beautiful moment. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to take that all in. Obviously, in looking at that list, and you mm-hmm. were number seven, mm-hmm. a South Asian woman up against white Caucasian primarily or entirely American mm-hmm. authors that this is your debut novel and those other novels are undoubtedly not those authors. How did it feel? Like, how did it feel inside you to to just be hit by that moment? You know, as much as the excitement was there, I was actually kind of sad because I felt that, wow, it's taken a long time to get to this moment. And I'm still and will be up against these amazing authors who looked nothing like me and have dominated the genre for so long that it's really taken a lot of effort, PR effort to break into this genre for me. I think that was sort of the secret sauce, at least. But it, as high as it was, I think the moment sort of quickly became quite low because I just thought that this should have happened a long time ago. And there should be other South Asian authors, whether they're in the US or in Canada on the same list as me, let alone BIPOC authors, you know? Mm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. So that, that was a bit hard hitting. And I think my excitement just pulled away thinking about that and going back into this space of, wow, you know, I hope. First of all, I wish that I was number one. And people always say to me, can you just look on the the brighter side? And I'm like, fine, I was lucky number seven. But it still was um, a hard hitting moment for me because I just didn't feel like I belonged in that category, particularly up against those Caucasian authors. Thank you. I, I You're sitting talking to a Caucasian woman. Mm-hmm. So I can't say I understand because, of course, I don't understand. And I'm also not an author, but I feel what you're saying. And that really leads us to a terrific place about the book. Can Mm -hmm. you then tell us, Sonia, about the book in your own words in terms of the story, but also the inspiration for the story from from your own life? Yeah, that's a great question. So the book, Sorry Not Sorry, is about a woman who happens to own a breakup agency. So she's a very successful CEO of Breakup. And she has decided at this point in time that she's got a quite a lot of questions about her South Asian culture. The more successful she's become, she's getting a lot of questions about her heritage. And she doesn't seem to have those answers, or unfortunately, the people around her to give her those answers. So along comes a client who asks for a pause on his relationship. And of course, you know, we don't do the Rachel Ross pause. (laughs) There's no temporary breakup. So Manny, the protagonist says that's a big no until they both decide to strike a deal where she goes off to the client's brother's wedding for a week to get a quick crash course in how to be Indian, Indian 101 for at least a week. So I think for me, just drawing on the inspiration of Manny's journey, my protagonist's journey, and really about self-discovery, although it is a book that has quite a lot of humor in it, 
there is a lot of self-discovery. And I think for me, a woman who went through trying to really figure out how she fit in and had to assimilate in Canada because really at the time I was watching people on TV or reading characters in books who were not South Asian. And so I wanted to create a character who had gone through the journey of being in her thirties and being able to go through a moment or moments of self-discovery and really looking at the culture in a fun way, whether it was through food, fashion, friends, feasting, and the point of view coming from my point of view and sort of how I was able to establish that relationship with being South Asian through my own discovery. And I felt that so deeply as Mm -hmm. I'm reading the book that, and, and doing some research on you, Sonia, that you, your parents here in Canada, in Toronto, sorry, Guelph is where you grew mm-hmm. up, um, wanted you and your family to assimilate into the, I guess, Caucasian culture. Mm-hmm. So Manny, your protagonist, and you are kind of paralleling a little bit. I, I read that you know, you you didn't really have any South Asian friends when you were growing up. Maybe your sister did. You yeah. have been mistaken for Lebanese, Italian, mm-hmm. Latina, and you felt like, well, hey, if people could make that mistake about me, then why would I bother to tell them that I'm actually a South Asian woman? Mm-hmm. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that in the in that, you know, didn't, couldn't, didn't want to, didn't see an opportunity to really stand loud and proud about being an a-, a South Asian woman? Yeah, again, another great question. And I think that I don't think my parents quite had a choice in the matter because they raised us in a small town with maybe a handful of other South Asian families. And they did the best they could, given the fact that they were also immigrants and working in factories, you know, 14 hour days and really provided us with the best that we could have in terms of a roof over our head, any toy we wanted, any video game we wanted. Um, we were taken to several trips, you know, across Canada, Ontario. We were quite spoiled. And when I say we, I have two sisters. And so, we were given anything we ever wanted in terms of clothes and, um, you know, just anything that was cool back in high school, my parents would spend that money on us. And again, working in factories. So that's a lot of heavy duty piecework that you're constantly doing at whatever minimum wage rate that you're getting per hour. So they managed to save enough money, not just for us, but to be able to buy a house back then, buy a car back then. And with a language barrier, managed to get a driver's license, a Canadian citizenship, you know, a passport and all these things register in us in school. So it wasn't until I started to write the book. And even now I just get really emotional thinking about it, that I took this huge step back and realized that, you know, I went to the passport office the other day and the lineups around the corner and I had no idea what the guy was yelling at me for, but I can't imagine my parents in the early 80s, having to have someone in a government official uniform, basically telling them something where they could not understand, and they can only pick out bits and pieces of a conversation. And yet they managed to really be successful at getting all the things that they needed to do to be residents of Canada. 
So I think for me, when I take a look at that um, now in my early 40s, I can appreciate everything that they've gone through. But back then, it was quite embarrassing, you know, mm. to speak another language, to wear a different type of clothing, and to be associated with the smells of Indian food. Um, the culture of Indian food, it was not trending by any means. You know, we didn't talk about having the most delicious butter chicken in Toronto or, you know, a Lenga or a Narkli or an Indian suit that was going to be shown on Instagram. Those were not moments that ever happened until I would say the last few years when we really started to take a look at the culture in a beautiful way that stimulated people's senses to learn more and to educate themselves more um, about the people and the history. And so I think for me, that all happened because I started to date somebody who was Indian and very proud of the culture in a way that was an understanding for me that went past the stereotypes. So I think that Again, from my point of view, I struggled with seeing Indian actors playing convenience store owners, mm. taxi cab drivers. And I think back then, when we as Canadians saw that, some of us used to make fun of those yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. And it really became embarrassing. So at that time, I didn't think that being South Asian would actually help my career. I thought it would hurt my career. And now I just want to shake the crap out of that girl, right? Because, and I do feel really bad for that, that teenager that had to go through that as well, too. So I'm in a way better place now and can appreciate everything that not just my family went through, other Indian immigrants went through, but also everything that I have gone through and go through to be in a place to be really proud of who I am. Thank you for that. And thank you for the gift of 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 the book and and embracing your South Asian heritage because I think it comes through so strongly in the journey that Manny, the protagonist, is taking in the book. I think that gives people who might be in some kind of similar situation potentially, Sonia, the the courage to embrace their heritage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and also embrace a part of the culture that perhaps has been a little stagnant in pushing females and even males in non-traditional roles. So I really wanted to make Manny be the CEO of a breakup agency because that is a very non-traditional role. And at least my point of view and my closest friends now, we talked about really being pushed to go into feel that was more related to medicine, hmm. um, a lawyer or an engineer, which was quite safe versus the arts or a breakup agency. So mm -hmm. in my mind, that was something that was going to be a really strong component of Sorry Not Sorry is the fact that Manny is a boss babe. You know, she does have a lot of discovering to do, but the one thing that she excels at is running a company. And that is something that oftentimes well, now in particular, that's changed, but we didn't have those conversations before with strong South Asian women who were CEOs of companies. Exactly. So for anybody reading the book, it's like, it's a bit of a North Star. It's 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 something to work towards. It's because she's very likable and mm -hmm. everything about her 
I felt like everybody can relate to her, but for specifically South Asian women, potentially they would look at her as an inspiration, Mm. like somebody that I want to be just like her. And so they'd be reaching for something that maybe traditionally they wouldn't reach for. Now I'm going to jump to your name. Yeah. Your name's Sonia. Mm-hmm. Tell me the story. I think I know the story, but your name right. actually kind of isn't Sonia. So it isn't. How, I know. <laughs> how tell us the story about that because I think it's important for the world to see, like to really appreciate what you've gone through mm-hmm. with your television career where all this yeah. sort of changed, right? <laughs> my past life, I exactly. think it was like one of my nine lives that I've lived. But um, earlier on when I wanted to get in front of the camera and be a reporter and tell entertainment stories and news stories, I, my name, you know, growing up has, I was given an Indian name. It's Satinder, S-T-I-N-D-E-R. And most Indian kids grow up with nicknames. So my nickname was Sonu or Sona, which Sona means gold. And then it went to Sonia. And so I had always been called, you know, several different names, other curse words for my mom when she was very mad at me <laughs> as well too in Punjabi. Um, but as I started to move through the ranks of getting in front of the camera, I do remember a news director had offered me a position and I was so excited for this role. And he said that in order for me to take this role, I needed to change my name from Stinder to something else because Canadian audiences could not relate to the fact that they were not only seeing a South Asian person take this uh, very sought after time slot on the news, but also the fact that I had a different name. So he said, I don't care what you do, just come up with a different name. And so my instinct was to just go with Sonia, which was the Caucasian version of Sonia, you know, Sonia. And so that's what I sort of stuck with. And I think that a lot of it now that I look back also, I didn't go home and think about it. It just, I was like thankful that he suggested that. And I was really, really elated with the fact that I didn't need that time to go home and think about it. And then somebody else had kind of made that decision for me because I had always wanted a different name. And, you know, I grew up watching Who's the Boss? So one of my favorite names was Samantha Maselli. I loved Samantha. I loved the name Summer. And I really wanted to have one of those Caucasian names, Sam, Summer. And so when he okayed Sonia, to me, that was the closest thing to being Caucasian that I could get with a name change. And again, pushing back my South Asian culture and heritage and really being able to move in the direction of being relatable to Canadians who are watching news and entertainment and not having to look at someone who's Indian because they didn't, they wouldn't know otherwise. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that story. Mm -hmm. So going from working for CTV and also doing some work with E covering red carpet events for E Mm -hmm. How did you make the jump to become an author? Have you always wanted to write or was it because you, you've still got a PR agency, which we haven't even gotten into yet, <laughs> but, but how did writing come to you in terms of producing this fantastic novel? Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I think I've always been a storyteller and 
I would say that if you talk to any of the guys that I've dated, they would say that I can always tell a good story. I was quite dramatic in all the relationships. And I just talked a lot. I talked the talk, you know, and I got that from my parents who both could walk into any dry, dull Indian party and just cause this frenzy of wanting more stories from the both of them. They were so comedic and such a duo for having an arranged marriage that they fit together so well. And I think that's where I got that storytelling ability from. And it started when I was really young and I would write in my journals and that continued into university and even now. But I remember having this conversation actually with one of my close guy friends now and he, him and I sort of stopped talking for a few years. You know, we both sort of went our separate ways and I got in touch with him after the pandemic or sorry, during the pandemic. And he's like, Oh, what have you been up to? And I said, Oh, I wrote a book and Oh, it's going to be published by Simon and Schuster. Oh, it's, you know, a rom-com. <laughs> just like, okay, you wrote a book. Like everyone's written a book. You know, he just like, he couldn't believe just the tone that I had with it being so easy as if I just woke up and wrote a book and then Simon and Schuster decided to publish it. And then, you know, I had an agent, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, I expect nothing less of you, Sonia, as, as, as long as I've known you, anything that you've ever put your mind to, you've always gotten. And I think that that's what happened with this book. Mind you, I'm quite sensitive to other authors whose journeys have been, you know, six to 10 years of trying to push their debut book out for me. And I'll own this. And, you know, it's part of that gumption you have to have that never taking no for an answer is it happened to me in less than a year. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the book, found an agent, Simon and Schuster picked it up and that's my story. And I'm really proud of it. And it doesn't mean that someone who has struggled to get their book out should not be proud of their struggles. But I certainly think now I look back and I had always been telling stories. It just was getting them down on paper. And so that's how the switcheroo, I guess, happened. <laughs> well, and I understand that you, 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 went to your cottage and you came yes. away with 30,000 <laughs> words. Well, yes. And it was, well, and also I was going through a breakup. You know, I was dating this guy who was the inspiration to Adam. And I remember that we had broken up and somehow, you know, he came back as they usually do. And we went out for a drink and he said, I'm still in love with you. I love you. I want to be with you. I had that exact same look on my face. I was not expecting it. And I think my, my mouth actually dropped because he said, I'll give you a minute to process it. And I said, okay. And literally, you know, we ended the night and he wanted to come over. And I said, no, not a good idea. Because I my gut just told me that this was not going to last. And mm -hmm. I woke up the next day and I texted him and he was just so cold, you know, basically had ghosted me. And I think that I had tried so hard and put so much into that relationship through texts and emails and trying to convince them to come back. And I even got to the point where I put a PowerPoint presentation together on just, you know, like how cute we are together, how our children will be so beautiful. We both have dimples. We're both tall. Like it was just so shallow and ridiculous that I had to do something else. And so that something else became the book and the book became my emotions, which then 
was 30,000 words in four days and turned into what is now Sorry Not Sorry. And it and it must have been incredibly therapeutic for you. <laughs> it, it was so therapeutic. And I'm I'm laughing now because it's so funny to look at now, but I was so in love with this guy and he just hurt me so much. And I don't think that I even realized how much he was hurting me to the point that I was breaking as a person and my value system and what I believed about love that does exist out there. And every time I got back together with him, he he chipped at me so I wouldn't believe in that anymore. And, you know, he blocked me as soon as my book came out. <laughs> he blocked me the same day and just like wiped me off of Instagram and all social media. So I still got the last word, I guess you could say. Well, yeah. And you're stronger for it. And aren't, aren't <laughs> yeah. we all? Because I think every female on the planet could likely mm-hmm. I relate to the story of chipping away at who you know you are. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when you finally leave that person, it's like a rebirth. And so, and in your case, right. historical rebirth, because the beautiful <laughs> book is just sitting there as a testament to who you mm-hmm. are and, and how strong you are. Thank it you. Thank you. Was, it, I, I found something that was not what it's currently called. So the book is called <laughs> Sorry, Not Sorry. Mm-hmm. But I heard somewhere along the line that it was called the breakup expert. Was it? Did no, it, it was, ever so, have that as a title or? So there's there's been a little bit of confusion. So you're right about the fact that it was named something else. So the breakup expert is actually sorry, not sorry in the UK. So oh, it's the exact same okay. book, but a different title. But um, initially, sorry, not sorry was called Operation Indian. That's the silly title that I came up with. And I just cringe thinking that, um, again, this is the part of me that is still discovering that it's okay to be South Asian, that I didn't want the book to be called or referred to anything in the Indian culture because I thought that that would cut down on sales. And Hmm. the average woman like yourself, who, you know, is Caucasian and blonde hair, who loves rom-com genres, would not want to read my book because it was called Sorry, Not Sorry, or had a woman who was wearing a sari on the front cover. So these are all walls that I have put up in Hmm. my own career as a South Asian woman, thinking that I need to be cookie cutter in a way which looks like the Colleen Hoovers, the Allie Hazelwoods, the mm-hmm. Emily Henrys. It, it's something I'm still working on. I struggle with it. And I think that, um, yeah, so it was called Operation Indian because I didn't want it to look anything like it was an Indian story. So did you come up with the title, Sorry, Not Sorry? Or, or why was it not called that in the UK? Was that already taken by somebody? No. So the way that... South Asians in North America say sari as in the garment sari. So it's sari, not sari. But from what I understand, um, South Asians, the Indian community in the UK pronounces sari very differently. The garment sari is very different. So it didn't translate over well. So I think that's why they switched out the name. Thank you for that Mm -hmm. education. Yeah. (laughs) News to me too. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was a word that I learned through reading the book called daisy. 
Desi, Desi. Desi. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, Desi. Yeah. I've been trying to listen to, you know, the pronunciation on Google. It's spelled D-E-S-I. Yeah. And that's a that's a thing. Can you tell me what that means to you, D-E-S-I, Desi? Yeah. So I'm so glad you didn't pick one of the swear words because, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a time in there where Rajiv goes off and swears, you know, every every word that you can think of in, in Hindi Punjabi is in there. But so Desi, you know, is another way of referring to um, South Asians, Indians, and it's just in another endearing term that we use. So um, there's a very popular song called Desi Girl. And Priyanka Chopra was actually in the movie. And it's something along the lines of who's the hottest girl in the world? Desi girl, Desi girl. So <laughs> there, there you got go. It. Got <laughs> it. I'm also like a terrible singer, just so you know. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Um. So what now for you? What What now? Because this, I mean, this was such a visual novel for me. I mean, I could mm. feel it. I could smell it. I could I could visualize it. I could, it, it was very sensory. And imagine the culture is obviously colorful, aromatic, beautiful. Do you go to, hey, maybe we need to have a movie made out of this? <laughs> or do you, like, what, what, what do you see or what would you, what do you want? What do you want next? So I wrote the book and I think that I wrote it in the way that it was meant to be a movie or TV show. So, you know, I'm a debut author and I didn't necessarily follow the formula of a rom-com because my book is also quite heavy in dialogue and I stayed away from I tried to stay away from really going in and layering settings and, you know, all those types of like, okay, you've walked into this place and there's like 10 pages of describing the setting of what you've walked into. I really wanted my characters to do that with their dialogue. So I think, you know, you've read it from my point of view. I wanted to inherit the idea of making creating characters that were quite witty, quite fast paced. And the dialogue is like that. And I think that. I did that so that it would be easier for a producer or a writer who is going to look at this book and think, yes, the dialogue's already there. We just need to now shoot it. So I do have an amazing film agent um, who's working with APA, and we do have some offers. We just sort of have to figure out exactly what we want to turn it into. But um, one of my favorite shows with Hilary Duff is called Younger, and it just wrapped up last year. So the idea was that it took place in a publishing agency. And so I would really love to see Sorry Not Sorry have characters living inside of a breakup agency and following that cast of characters through their journeys in everyday life. So that's where I'd like to see the the book go. I hope that please, yes, keep us posted. But you're working on another book. I read something that's going to pick up, if you will, with some of the characters from Sorry Not Sorry. Yeah. So Manisha, who is the sister of um, Sammy, who is the male lead in Sorry Not Sorry, she's going to have her own book. It's called The Fake Matchmaker. And you know what? If you didn't read Sorry Not Sorry, it's totally okay because it's just really her coming back and it doesn't really relate back to a lot of the events in Sorry Not Sorry. But I thought it was important to tell the story of this South Asian woman who doesn't care about what she looks like. She owns her body. She owns her attitude. She owns, 
you know, the things that she stands up for in front of the aunties and uncles. So I really wanted to create that character with the fake matchmaker. And then I'm also working on my Hallmark movie. So that comes out uh, December 2022. And it's the first South Asian holiday Hallmark Christmas movie. (laughs) So I I wrote that and it's done. So that'll be out. They're going into production and it's great because it'll give a, an entire uh, opportunity, a big opportunity for South Asian actors to be able to be in a movie that's hiring South Asian actors. So I'm really excited about that. Wow. Yeah. I have no (laughs) idea about the Hallmark movie and it's, is it something that you created? Is it a story that you created? It's a story about how, at least from my point of view, South Asians celebrate Christmas with the traditions of Indian culture embedded in it. And again, it's quite different for many, many families across North America, but I really wanted this to be something that was my point of view and using the traditions of um, what I grew up with celebrating Christmas in my house. How fantastic. How was that mash of cultures for you? How did that feel for you? I mean, or how did it feel when you were creating this Hallmark movie? It just it felt like to me, why? Why hadn't it been done? You know, mm. why hasn't it been talked about at the point where we're chatting about other cultures, not even South Asian celebrating Christmas? Because it's such a big part of, at least from my point of view as a Canadian, you know, the idea of living in Canada and celebrating these beautiful celebrations and holidays, and also infusing them into the South Asian culture, whether it's with um, candles or flowers or colors and scents. And, you know, we grew up in a space where, at least in my house, we put up the tree And for dinner, we had a big Indian feast, right? Mm. So we didn't have turkey. And needless to say, like we would have, it's just that nobody knew how to make it. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, we wanted to have the the butter chicken, the goat meat, the goat curry, the chana masala. These were really big treats because, you know, despite what everybody thinks, Indian people are not cooking butter chicken at home every single night. Like this is not a thing that happens, but... Certainly, it was, at least in my house, a really big occasion. And my parents spoiled us with Christmas gifts. And it wasn't about the religion of Christmas. It was about the celebration of what other Canadians are celebrating on the 25th in their homes and just adding that Indian flavor to it. Beautiful. I can't Mm -hmm. wait. So do you know when this is going to come out on the Hallmark Channel? December 2022. I don't have an official air date, but December 2022. So this year. Now you created it. Are you, do you act in it or did you get a chance to select who acted in it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no acting. Um, No. And actually that's fine because I'm, I'm quite busy. You know, we were obviously touched on this a little bit earlier and briefly is I still have a full-time job. I run (laughs) PR agency. You know, I'm a I'm a debut author. It's not like I walked away with a $50 million Britney Spears memoir advance. I got a very debut advance and I put my heart and soul and time into sorry not sorry, but I still have to maintain um a life that involves paying bills. <laughs> so 
you know, there, there's other, there's other things that have to be done. So I was happy that Hallmark was really there for me and is taking a keen interest in helping me write the screenplay, but will take care of the production and casting and all that fun stuff. Fantastic. Um, debut novel hitting number seven is like so incredible. I mean, I know the sad part about it shouldn't take, it shouldn't have taken this long for South Asian author to, to be there. But is that, is that unusual, special, phenomenal that a debut novel would, would hit at like number seven? I think it is. I mean, I did a lot of research into romance and that genre specifically being led by Caucasian authors. So Mm -hmm. it's very special for me. And the week that I made that list, there was three thisies, three South Asian women on that list. So myself, Lily Singh, and Amita Parikh. Meet the Park, who wrote The Circus Train, three of us, and two of them are debut authors. So the fact that when I was querying over a year ago and somebody, you know, agents had said to me, there can't be two South Asians debuting, you know, in the same year. Well, here you go. We proved you wrong. We made the bestseller list. But then at the same time, and this is just the Aries in me, you know, I got knocked off the list. (laughs) So I was on it for two weeks straight. And then I got knocked off the list, which is fine. I had my little pity party last night. Not needless to say, I can always make a comeback. And so it just it would it would have been nice to look at that list and see the diversity in Canada of the people being represented on those lists. That's what really does not sit well with me is that like are readers not reading diverse stories? <laughs> like, why are all the authors Caucasian? I, like mm. that, that is just so odd to me. And you make a great point. And mind you, you know, um, the the number one book. Oh, who was it now? I can't remember who it is, but it's a it's an indigenous author. So was very very excited for that. And then um, Scarborough is, I believe, written by. A half Latina woman. So I was very excited at that too. But then everybody else was not, <laughs> not, not the Canada that I see. Mm. And so I just don't know how those lists work. And I gave it a good two hours of, like I said, feeling really bad for myself. And then I just decided, forget it. I'm not even going to go down that road because it was such a accomplishment to even get my book published. And that's what I walk away with. Good for you. The self-esteem piece of this, I mean, how does that all fit in from the standpoint of the accomplishments that you've had in your life with your PR agency, with your career on mm-hmm. in front of the camera, with your career now storytelling as an author? How is your self-esteem potentially woven in or not? <laughs> into those accomplishments? Mm -hmm. Is it self-affirming? How does it work for you? I think you certainly have to have really thick skin to be in any creative space. And that's certainly showcased in the world of writing and being an author. And in particular, to not go down the black hole of which I did one night and reading your reviews. Mm. (laughs) People can be quite sensitive. And I think that 
I've just learned that, yes, you can walk away from people's opinions and there could be a hundred positive reviews, but you'll just sort of see the one negative one. And I just stopped doing that. You know, even with me trending on Twitter and this great article came out and it's been blowing up right across Canada, but then the trolls come in and they've got something horrible to say, but you just, I don't look at it anymore. I know that I've impacted many lives of South Asian teenagers, women, men. And now with the Hallmark news, I've had South Asian actors message me hoping to be able to be part of this movie. So I have to look at the things that I'm doing to move the needle in this space of South Asian storytelling. And it's not similar to that in the US where we have a Mindy Kaling, a Priyanka Chopra, these very visible women who actually go out of their way to share diverse stories. Canada's not there yet. And we don't have that representation. Um, At least in my point of view, I don't see it. Because if we did, I would have seen it on the Globe and Mail bestseller list yesterday. And so I think that that, to me, is a place that I try not to get into the dark hole. But at the same time, it really does help me because I think that I'm going to make waves and change. And it gets me excited and makes me want to work even harder on the second book, on the movie, on the Hallmark movie, and create this hub of a network that maybe will one day look like the Mindy Killings, the Priyanka Chopras, the Frida Pintos, who are doing so much for the American South Asians. I'd like to have that be done here. Excellent. Thank you very much for doing what you're doing, because I I think that's spectacular. Thank you. What does bravery mean to you? Is it, it, do you feel, tell me something that represents in your life, like a brave moment, because we're talking breaking brave, and there's a lot of things we've just talked Mm -hmm. about that for me hit me as brave, but from your perspective, what do you think? I think that being an author, it, it has to hold a lot of bravery because once you put those words into a book and it's published, you're not walking into those bookstores and taking all those books back. Your words are out there and they're out there for people to love and for people to criticize. And I think that that really represents a lot of, I think, bravery, but also a little bit of sensitivity around conversations that perhaps people have not been ready to talk about. So being brave enough to have those conversations and also getting over a breakup is pretty brave. (laughs) Being able to get up and get up to have a glass of water, eat breakfast, get your life going and see past the dark cloud that, you know, we all have gone through and our heart is broken and make use of a situation that felt really dire at the time and write about it. So I think that there was a lot of bravery involved in that as well, too. So I look at it from the perspective of being a champion and leader in telling South Asian stories and going up against those that have really put a wall up there for me and I'm ready to take it down. But then also that girl who, you know, still needs to find a boyfriend. So there's going to be a lot of <laughs> a, lot, a lot of bravery involved in those dating apps. <laughs> yeah. 
I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, your family, you spoke about having two sisters. I, mm-hmm. God bless you. What has their reaction been to this book? Your, and I don't know if your mom and dad are still with you or with us on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has, how has your family reacted to this debut novel? So I think it's funny because I'll, I'll talk about my sisters and I don't think either of them have read it. I just don't think that. No. And I actually am convinced that my middle sister, Tina has not bought it. So I think she's gone into Indigo and she's taken the videos. She's sent all the videos to me, but I don't think she's bought it. And my younger sister Rupa, she's taken the, um, you know, the obligatory social media posts and put them on. (laughs) or Instagram. Um, But I I just think from their perspective, remember, I have interviewed some of the biggest celebrities like Jude Law, Christian Slater, Tom Cruise, and they didn't even like wink, you know, (laughs) they've seen many of these opportunities come my way because I've worked really, really hard. So it's not that they're not proud. I think they have so much confidence in me that I don't need to tell them this because they just know. But I also wonder if that's a cultural thing that at least, you know, speaking to some of my South Asian friends, I met this beautiful woman yesterday, Monica, and she said that she grew up in a home, in her Indian home, where they didn't hug or say, I love you. And I thought, oh, yeah, same with me, you know, and actually same with my other girlfriend. And we we certainly weren't hugging each other. We didn't say I love you. It was quite awkward when you did that. And so I think that that is okay for us, my sisters and I, to show our love this way because it's what we grew up with. Mm -hmm. I understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about promoting you, Sonia. How can people reach (laughs) you? How can they find you? Where would you like them to buy your current book and any and all things social media or otherwise? Here's your call out opportunity. Oh, great. So Sorry Not Sorry is available everywhere at your local bookstore. If you're living internationally, you can order it on Amazon. Um, But, you know, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, Costco, everywhere. Um, And I often check my email at sonyasingbooks.com. So all of my press and anything that's coming up in the future is all related to my life on that website. And then I'm very active on Instagram. So that's Sonia Sing writes and Twitter is Sonia Casing. And yeah, email me. I check my DMs. I check my emails and I'm always happy to coach and mentor people who just need some advice or just need an, someone to lean on. And you can talk to me about anything. I'm, I can be the queen of breakups if you want. <laughs> I imagine that there's a whole career probably waiting for you to do that, Sonia. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on Breaking Brave. Thank you for this chat. Thank you. It's been an absolute delight to chat with you. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks so much for listening to Breaking Brave. For updates between episodes, please visit my website, MarilynBarefoot.com. You can also find me at Marilyn Barefoot. That's it for today. See you next time.